Last week, Pastor Ryan talked, uh, had this discussion on uh, stewarding relationships and how important it is as believers that we properly steward the relationships that God has given us. He talked about the perspective that we need to have as it pertains to our relationships. One of the things I wanted to do before we get started is that I want to make sure that we uh, remember or redefine again what a steward is. A steward is a person who has been employed to manage another's property, okay? A steward is a person who has been employed to manage another's property. Stewardship. So what is stewardship? Stewardship is managing, protecting, and expanding the assets of another. This is very important. Managing, protecting, and expanding the assets of another. So what is biblical stewardship? Biblical stewardship is a believer who is responsible to manage, to protect, and to expand what has been entrusted to them by God for them to oversee on his behalf. Biblical stewardship is a believer who is responsible to manage, to protect, and expand what has been entrusted to them by God for them to oversee on his behalf. Biblical stewardship. And so in this series on uh, called Steward Little, we're talking about stewardship. And today, I want to get in your business today. I'm going to get in your stuff today. Today, we are talking about stewarding our money. We're talking about stewarding our money. Don't worry, you ain't got to amen me. My wife here, she already said it's good, so I'm good to go. (laughs) Stewarding our money. And so a biblical stewardship um, is someone who's responsible, uh, 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 who's been entrusted by God to oversee things on his behalf. The thing is, what has been given to us? If we're responsible to oversee his things, what are the things that he's been given to us? Well, the answer plainly put is everything. Everything. Everything that we have has been given to us to steward. Pastor Keena, you mean, you, you mean my kids aren't mine? Yeah, I know you tell them all the time that you brought them in, you'll take them out, but they're not yours. They've been given to you as a gift by God to steward. When we understand what our role here is on this earth as stewards, our perspective, the perspective that we have on what we have should change. We are just here to manage, to protect, and to expand. To manage, to protect, and to expand. Somebody say, I am a steward. I am a steward. This, this idea, and I think this is, this is, this is I'm going to talk about this a lot tonight because I think it's very important that you grab this. It's not ours. 
It's not ours. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 26. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, for the whole earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. Okay, I didn't get any amens on that. No, 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 I'm, I'm going to do it again. Psalm chapter 24. Psalm chapter 24, verses 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and they who dwell in it. It's not ours. I know it's a hard concept to grasp because you, you've been running around here like you run everything. I get it. I get it. But the fact of the matter is that it is not our stewardship starts with this question. Or should I say uh, uh, effective stewardship, kingdom stewardship starts with this question. Does what I have belong to me or does it belong to God? And that will determine how you see and what you see. Does what I have belong to me or does it belong to God? God has given each one of us a measure to steward. God says, here's a family, steward it. Here is a job, steward it. Here is a calling, steward it. Here is some finances, steward it. And when we stand before God, the question will be, how well did we steward what God entrusted us? When we stand before God, husbands, the question will be, how well did you steward the wife that I gave you? How well did you steward the kids that I gave you? How well did you steward the household that I gave you? How well did you steward it? Stewardship. How well did you steward the finances and the resources that I gave you? And for a lot of believers, this, this, this thing about finance, this thing about money, this concept, uh, 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 we, we don't see what, what does my relationship with God have to do with money? How do they connect to one another? Yet the Bible contains more than 2,000 verses on the subject of Christians and their money. Time and time again, the Bible associates our commitment, our, our, our money with our commitment and our relationship to the Lord. Why is money so funny? Why is it when we talk about money, everybody get quiet? It's because our perspective of money has been skewed. The perspective that we have, I know that there is a stigma that is attached to money and the church, and, and, but whenever someone brings up finances, especially from a pulpit, there's like this negative connotation that we have. It's like we get like uh, 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 the little guy from Lord of the Rings, my precious, my precious, don't touch my precious. And we, get, we just get real covetous when it comes to talk. Don't talk about my, you can talk about whatever you want. Don't talk about my money. Don't talk about my money. We think that the money that we have is ours. That is the problem. And I get it because you work. You got up. You clocked in. You clocked out. 40 hours. Some of y'all 45. Overachievers, 48. Whatever, wherever you may be. 
And at the end of the two weeks, you got your paycheck and you said, I have worked for this. Money, 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 money. I got it. I, I, I can't wait for the direct deposit to hit the bank because I already know what I'm going to do with it, where it's going to go. I got bills to pay. I got food to eat. Maybe not even in that order. We've already made the decisions of what we are going to do with our money, but the perspective has to change. God, you have given this to me. What is it that you want me to do with it? How should I steward this thing that you have given me? Because it's not mine. Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, verse 16, and we're going to go to verse 21. Then he told them a parable saying, there was a rich man whose land was very fertile and productive, and he began to think to himself. What shall I do since I have no place large enough to store my uh, uh, crops? And he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my storehouses and build larger ones. And I will store my grains and my goods there. And I will say to my soul, soul. It's like I'm going to say to myself, self, you have many good things stored up, enough for many years, rest and relax and eat and drink and be merry and celebrate continually. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own all the things you have prepared? So it is for the one who continues to store up and hoard up possessions for himself and is not rich in his relationship towards God. See, he thought the same thing. He said, oh, I got some stuff. I got enough in my 401k to hold me for a lot. I probably can get a boat. I probably can, you know, give me a little RV. I know y'all like RVs here in Willow. Y'all, I can give me a little RV. He said, I got, I got enough to hold me. I'm, this is going to be good. And I'm just going to do what I want to do. I got enough. I'm good. He says, you fool. This very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own all of the things that you have prepared? The parable of the wealthy fool shows us how Jesus, how God feels or Jesus feels as it pertains to our finances and where our hearts should be as it pertains to our finances. This is a parable, but Jesus uh, 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 kept it very plain. Matthew chapter 6, just two books over, Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust destroy, where, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you feeling a little funny right now, feeling a little tight right now because the pastor's talking about money, I would challenge where your treasure is. Because he says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's just a tool. It's just a tool that he has given us. This, the scripture challenges us. It challenges us to assess our hearts. It challenges us to assess our hearts, and it encourages us to be good stewards of our finances. And how, how do we do that? It starts by us having a right understanding of our finances, all right? A right understanding that we know that it's not ours to begin with. And then it starts with us having a right relationship with our finances. What does that mean? The right relationship says, you know what? I understand that this is a tool and nothing more. I don't trust it. I trust the God that provided it. I don't trust it. I trust the God that provided it. Money is not your source. God is your source. Do not forget that. The money says it itself. If you look on the back, I know some of y'all ain't seen bills in a minute, but if you look on the back of a dollar bill, it says, in God we trust. It doesn't say in money we trust. Even the dollar bill is telling you how to have a right relationship with itself. But we have gotten it skewed. We trust in the dollar bill. Because as soon as, Pastor, I don't, I don't trust in, I don't, I'm, this, this message isn't for me. I don't trust in money. Right, see what happened when you lose your job. See what happened, how you was feeling when them gas prices started rising up. And you was angry, and you was mad, and you got beside yourself. Why? Because your trust has to be rearranged. I trust in God. I don't trust in money. Why? Because it will come, it will go. But the thing that remains the same seven days out the week, every time I wake up before I put my head down to the bed, the one thing is that God still remains. And guess what? He ain't checking my bank account. He already know what's in there. My trust has to be in him. My trust has to be in him. As much as we hate to hear about it, our treasure, our money is not ours. These are gifts that God has given us to steward. It's God who gave us the ability to get the job. Your interview skills wasn't that great. God gave us the ability to get the job. It's God who gives us the wisdom. It's God who gives us the favor to start the business. It's God who puts his hand on it and blesses the business. It's God who gives us the insight to make decisions. We are just the conduits to receive his blessings. Jesus referenced money more than he did heaven and hell combined. 11 of the 29 parables in the Bible, he references finances. Why? Because he knew how we was going to be with this money. He knew we was going to get funny with the money. 
And he said, let me, but that's the love of God. He says, I already know how y'all going to get. So let me go ahead and keep talking about this. So 2,000 years later, you got a reference that you can look back so that you can have right relationship with it. Why? Because I don't want you to be a slave to money. Y'all going to listen back on this on a podcast and y'all going to be like, man, that was good. That was good. God is the one who gives it to us. We are just the conduits. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Where's your heart at? You can't serve God and money. Check your priorities. You cannot serve God and money. It's not possible. Either you will, he he didn't even say not like, he said you will either love one and hate the other. When you look at where you are, that's challenging. I want to make sure that under no circumstances am I showing in my life that I am hating God because I've chose to serve money. If you serve God, you will obey him. If you serve money, you will keep it for yourself. How can we expect God to help us fight the enemies in our city if we don't trust him with the resources he gave us to fight with? How can we say we trust God when we don't show it in the most important areas to us? God, I trust you with my kids. God, I I, I trust you with, with all of these other things. But when it comes to money, Mm, I don't know, God. I don't know. It's, it's looking a little crazy out here. And I get it. I, I, I am, let me tell you, most of the times when you hear a pastor preach, it's either something that he's, my father said this when he was up here, he, it's either something that you walk through or that you are going to walk through. And trust me, I have walked this path. As we are and as we have been building this project and building this church, there have been plenty of opportunities to trust God. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. But can I tell you something? In the, in the just the most crazy ways, God has reminded me. God continues to show up. He's like, I, I need you to remember this church ain't yours. This ain't your church. It's my church. You wasn't, as you like to, he says, as he's talking to me, as you like to remind me, you wasn't even looking to be a pastor. <laughs> right? You wasn't even looking for this church building, right? But I gave it to you, didn't I? This is my house, so I will provide for it. Yeah. This, 
That's my kids, so I'm going to provide for them. That's my household, so I am going to provide for You are my child, so I am going to provide for you. We have to remember where our heart is as it pertains to finances. We have to remember that. It is of the utmost importance that we steward our money well. Pasquini, why does it matter? Why, why does it matter if I choose to give or if I don't, if I, if I steward my money well or if I don't? Because our stewardship has the potential to influence lives for the kingdom of God. Our stewardship has the potential to provide hope for others. Our stewardship has the potential to make an eternal difference. To make an eternal difference. We are to be stewards. Luke chapter 16. And I'm going to get out here while y'all, like, while y'all still like me. Luke chapter 16, verse, we'll start at verse 1 and we're going to get through this. I love this in the Amplified. I'll bring it up, actually. Luke 16. I love it in the Amplified because in the Amplified, the title, for those of you who had a Bible app, you'll see the title is The Unjust Steward. The other versions may say unjust manager. The Amplified says The Unjust Steward. Starting at verse 1. Now, Jesus was also saying to the disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a manager of his estate. And accusations against this man were brought to him. This man was was squandering his master's possession. Nick, you can come. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management of my affairs, for you can no longer be my manager. The manager of the state said, what will I do since my master has taken the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, amen, for a living, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I will do. He says, I know what I will do, so that when I'm removed from the management, people who are my master's debtors will welcome me into their home. So he summoned the debtors one by one. He says, how much do you owe? He says, a hundred measures of oil. He said, take your bill, write 50. He said to another, how much you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. Take your bill and write 80. Uh, uh, his masters commended the unjust manager, not for his misdeeds, not because he wasn't handling it, but because he had acted shrewdly by preparing for his future unemployment. Sheesh. For the sons of this age, the non-believers are shrewder in relation to their own kind. That is, to the ways of the secular world that are the sons of, uh, of, of light, the believers. He says, and I tell you, learn from this. Make friends for yourselves for eternity by means of the wealth of unrighteousness. What does that mean? That's why I love to amplify. He says, use material resources as a way to further the work of God so that when it runs out, they will come, they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. He says, he who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. 
And he who is dishonest in a very little thing is also dishonest in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that earthly wealth which belongs to another, whether God or man, of which you are a trustee, who will give you that of which your own? No servant can serve two masters. We just read this. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand devotedly by the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. That is your earthly possessions or anything else you trust in and rely on instead of God. What did it boil down to? It all boiled down to trust. It boils down to trust. When it comes to our money, we get funny because it all boils down to trust. Do I trust God with my finances? Do I trust God with my money? Do I trust him enough to get his opinion on what he gave me? Do I trust him enough that if he should ask me to do something more than what I want to do, over and above what I want to do, if he asks me to bless somebody, do I trust that he will provide? Because the first thing that where we come from is we like, God, I, I, I don't got enough for my, I barely got enough for myself. But do you trust me? But do you trust me? Because oftentimes that is the moment where he's saying, okay, all right, I'm going to see where your heart at. God, I, I barely got enough for myself. But do you trust that I can do more with what you have? I can do more with your least than you could do with your most. Do you trust me? In the area of your finances, you can pray to me to, uh, for your kids. You can pray to me for your healing. You can say that you trust me in all these things, but do you trust me in your finances? Do we trust him? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But first... And most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing things, his way of being right, the attitude and the character of God, and all these things will be given to you. funny my wife showed me that scripture and and I was like wow that's good the trust how should I manage my finances well uh, you should you should probably uh, seek first the kingdom of God and 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 his way of doing things and his way of being right, you, you should aim at and strive after that and then everything else will come. 
So you mean I should ask God what to do with my money? Yeah. Because I guarantee you what he could do, it goes exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think. This church has been blessed. This church has been blessed. And I believe that this church has been blessed because we make it a point to seek first the kingdom of God. God, what, here is what we have. What should we do with it? Seek first the kingdom. God, God, you know, finances are where they are, God. We got this outreach coming up, and and what should we do? Seek first the kingdom of God. We got this building, and, and, and we need to move here. We need to do this. We need to do that. What should I do? Seek first the kingdom of God. What did I tell you to do? I told you to, to, to love God. I told you to love people. I told you to preach. To just seek first the kingdom of God. We have never lacked. We've never been short. We've had everything that we need. Why? Because we trust God. Because we trust God. Seek first. Aim at. Strive after. God, what would you have me to give? We just drop it in the bucket, send it, get the QR codes. No, God, God what, what is it that you're asking me to do here? How would you like me to sow? What is it that you want me to get? Who is it that you, I wish you would let me bless somebody. Because God is, is trusting. He's trusting us. The main question we have to ask ourselves is where are we putting our trust in? Our trust has to be in the creator alone and not his creations. We have to submit our will, submit our desires, submit our fears, submit our finances to the will of God. And when we do, we will see God move through our lives like never before. Because he can trust what he gives to us so that he can bless others through us. I can give you more because I know when I get it to you, I can get it through you. Hey, uh, such and such over there need, needs, needs some money. I need you to go bless them with what you got. You're not even thinking about it. You're like, yes, Lord, please, come on. There you go. The Lord just told me to bless you. Oh, uh, we got a, a missionary that needs support. You're the first one there. Why? Because God is blessing me. Why is God? I don't know why he keeps blessing me, but when he bless me, I'm going to give it. And what happens? It just keeps going. It just keeps going. It just keep, I am telling you what I have lived and what I've seen with my own eyes. Where is our trust? Next week, I am preparing to preach one of the most important messages that I've ever preached in my life. I am going to continue this series and we're going to talk about what has God told us to do with our finances. He's given us some specific instructions. 
And I believe that if we could grab hold of this, if we grab hold of this as a church, it will change. It will revolutionize. Revolutionize. Thank you, baby. Re- I was getting the L's. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it in the edit. Uh, it will revolutionize. It will revolutionize our life. Pasquina, how do you know this? Because it did it to mine. I can't wait. I'm so fired up.